Growing up on a farm just outside the portside town of Kinsale in Ireland's County Cork, Barry Maloney noticed that a remarkable history was written in the landscape all around him. Ruined castles, Georgian mansions, and the remains of a couple of strategic forts all were just the tip of the iceberg. Ireland's southern harbor town was once a crucial military and commercial port. Today, it's an easily walkable town of brightly painted storefronts and about 5,000 inhabitants. Kinsale, it's got a reputation as one of Ireland's best places to eat with great seafood restaurants. One of them even earned a Michelin star. Barry gives walking tours in Kinsale and has just written a book on his hometown. And the book is called Kinsale. He joins us now to tell us about the town he knows and loves so well. Hey, Barry. Hi, Rick. Uh, pleasure to be with you. So nice to have you on. And, and I'm so happy that you've put the joy and the fun and the insights of your guided walks into the book. I'll never forget turning over one of my groups to, to you, and you just entertained us with your uh, walking tour. Tell us about writing the book. How, how much of it was just giving basically all the stories you tell in your walk? And then uh, how, how did you... Great question, yeah. Rick. Um, I, I was kind of naive to writing, so I thought it'd be, it'd be very simple, just writing down what I say on a tour. Yeah. And uh, it took a lot longer than I thought. And a local journalist helped me a lot with that, you know, the process, because... Okay. Telling a story and writing a story are completely different. Well, Kinsale has, it's, it seems like just a small touristy town on the south coast of, of Ireland, but it has an amazing history. And I want to get into that. First of all, I'm, I'm just, I was always fascinated by, it was the, they always say, self-proclaimed culinary capital of Ireland. How did that happen? I mean, uh, Ireland was not originally famous for its cuisine, and now it really deserves a good look from its cuisine point of view, and Kinsale really is an outstanding destination for people who like to eat. Good point, Rick. People used to say 50 years ago they came to Ireland despite the food. Yeah, so true. And now people come because of the food. So it's been a revolution. Yeah. And uh, Kinsale, I think really what drew so many good chefs to Kinsale is the ingredients. You know, you got the fresh seafood coming in uh, into the harbour every day. And you've got great farms outside and local source. Local sourcing is the real, uh, the real vibe at the moment, you know. How, how have the restaurants done during the pandemic? Because, you know, we've had two lost seasons. Yeah, survived pretty well because uh, staycationers have been very kind to Kinsale. And remember, we have just 20 minutes driveway, 120,000 people live in Cork City, whereas Kinsale oh, yeah. is just 5,000 people. You know how many restaurants we have? We have 55 eating houses. Whoa. So, so for, five, for a little town of 5,000 people, that's really yeah. impressive. And, and Also, outdoor dining has become much more the vibe, which really fits into Kinsale because the town council have pedestrianized a lot more streets and squares. And let's face it, hmm. Kinsale, was, Kinsale evolved from medieval times when there was no cars. So our streets are very, very narrow anyhow. Now, you mentioned a little Kinsale with 5,000 people has so many restaurants and so many uh, things that really entertain the tourists. But you grew up in Kinsale, and um, you've seen a lot of change. Yeah, that's for sure, yeah. Well, describe your upbringing in Kinsale. Uh, well, I grew up on a farm just three miles up the river. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a much, I'm, I'm just over 50 years old, so it's a much, much simpler life. So it's, uh, it's evolved. And visually, you mentioned Kinsale's quite a colorful town. That has been the trend now, painting our shop fronts bright colors, almost psychedelic in some cases, you know. And in the Instagram age of today, uh, one snapshot on a, on a cobblestone corner in Kinsale spreads the word of the beauty of the town all around the world. 
Yeah, so tourism has blossomed. And my colleague, Don, you know him well, he's, uh, he's now in his early 80s. When he started our walking tour just over 30 years ago, that was the first daily tourist attraction in Kinsale. Hmm. And back ago. then, there was less pastels. I mean, if you look at a, a photograph of Kinsale 100 years ago, you don't see all that cute pastel work, do you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, way, way back in, in uh, say, 400 years ago, most of the town was whitewashed, painted with a lime render. But there was an element of color came in because, you know, minerals came through, through the lime and kind of rusted and would have ended up being kind of oranges and yellow hues. So uh, there was a, maybe a, a touch of that even back then. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Barry Maloney, and he's taking us deep inside his hometown of Kinsale in Ireland right now. Barry hosts walking tours as half of a team called Don and Barry's Kinsale Historic Strolls. He also tells the town's remarkable history in his book, Kinsale. Barry's website is historicstrollkinsale.com. So, Barry, let's get into Kinsale now, because the key thing about Kinsale, apart from all of its great fresh seafood and its wonderful restaurants, is this amazing history. And it goes back, what, it was born as a monastic settlement uh, 1,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. You, you wrote that it was the last stop before the edge of the world. How so? Well, we have a place name in Kinsale, World's End. And that was because in, in medieval times, let's face it, uh, before Columbus, there were, there, no ships were sailing west. So there was no traffic heading west. And we had that kind of outlook. But then if you go forward, in the 17th century, Kinsale was described as laying in the road of the chiefest trade of all the world. And therefore, we had fleets of English and Dutch ships sailing right past our coastline. And all we needed was a small percentage to come in to prosper our town. So we began to provision ships with basically oak barrels packed full of salted fish, beef, pork, cheese and butter and enough beer to promise the crew a gallon of beer a day. That's wow. eight pints a day. Sounds about right, doesn't it? So this is four, 400 years ago. And we got to remember back then, Ireland was part of Britain, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, especially Kinsale, because uh, Kinsale became militarized. As you know, two, two starship forts were built to guard the entrance to the harbor. And those forts were named James Fort and Charles Fort. Basically, and these were um, both built in the oh, 1600s. Yeah, almost exactly, Rick, when you were getting your Jamestown and Charlestown. We were getting huh. our James Fort and Charles Fort. Oh, that's that's interesting. And you said a star fort, and these were were state of the art. What what is a star fort, and why is it a big deal? Yeah, star shaped forts were were basically almost like the nuclear weapons of their age, you know, because they were impossible to take. With a star shaped formation, they created a curtain of crossfire, so they attacked any enemy, uh, not just straight on, but this curtain of crossfire. And Charles Fort, for example, had over a hundred cannons facing out to the harbor. So so once that was stamped on the map. The French, the Dutch, or the Spanish never attempted to take Kinsale again. It's easy for us to forget that Spain was a power back then and just uh, across the sea to the south. Sure. And uh, yeah, Spain had allies in Ireland because the Irish Catholic rebels were communicating with the Catholic King of Spain against the common enemy of Anglican England under Queen Elizabeth's rule. And they I had never thought kind of, of that. So Spain was a, the, the self-proclaimed protector of the Pope, you know, with the greatest exactly. army in Europe. So you have that natural alliance, that affinity for Ireland and Spain, uh, just like Scotland and France. Sure. And just thinking that your enemy's enemy could be your friend, you know. So when the Spanish did did invade Kinsale in 1601, it triggered in England a Cuban missile crisis of sorts, with the Irish being the Cubans and the Spanish being the Russians, if you see the parallel. Oh, yes. 
Now, that was a pretty important battle, wasn't it? Was That's the famous Battle of Kinsale? Yeah, the Battle of Kinsale on Christmas Eve, 1601. Needless to say, we lost. The Irish or the Spanish lost the battle. But in losing that battle, it led to the downfall of the Irish chieftainship system, a much stronger English rule in Ireland, and in Kinsale, a militarization and, and an Anglicization of the town. So I have this image, Barry, of all of the Irish warlords just broken and running for the countryside and just fleeing and That's England exactly then establishing yeah. their their toehold on Ireland. And then within five years, they've built James Fort right there. And it's really, that was Ireland's last chance for centuries. And after that, it was just uh, Ireland was downtrodden and Britain holds the key strategic forts. And it, it led also to, uh, you see, most of the chieftains who fought in the Battle of Kinsale were from the north of Ireland. And their loss in Kinsale created a vacuum of power in the north, which was filled by Scottish farmers moving across. And they were mostly Presbyterian. So their arrival began the religious divide in the story of Northern Ireland. So all of this weaves together. And this is why I'm really enthusiastic about connecting travelers with guides like you, who are local, who can explain things. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Barry Maloney, who's lived in the south of Ireland all his life, and he's got some stories about how Kinsale is one of Ireland's not only most delightful towns, but most historic towns. Barry leads walking tours as half of the Don and Barry's Kinsale Historic Strolls Company, and he's written a book on the town's lively history, and it's called Kinsale. We have links with this week's show at ricksteves.com radio. Now, when you have all of that heartache and all of that tragedy militarily, and then you have suffering and hunger that follows that when you're downtrodden with the great famine in the middle of the 1800s, you also get ghost stories. And I know one of the best places in Ireland for a ghost walk would be your town, Kinsale. What's with the ghosts and the scary stuff in Kinsale? Yeah, sure, Rick. Us Irish are very superstitious people, you know, and most Irish towns have a ghost story. And uh, a lot of ghost haunting Kinsale smugglers and ghosts of pirates and shipwrecks. But the most famous ghost was the female ghost, the White Lady. She haunts Charles Fort. The emergence of this ghost, the White Lady, goes back to a tragedy on her wedding day. And that's why she's white, wearing her wedding dress. The story goes that she married a soldier in Charles Fort. Her father was the governor of the fort, after all. And on the evening of the wedding, the two, the newly wed bride and groom, were walking on the walls of Charles Fort. When they looked down beneath them and the wife saw some wild Irish flowers, which she expressed the love to have as a souvenir of their wedding day. So, of course, the husband said, I'll get the flowers for you. You go back to your room. She went back to her room and the husband didn't look down over the wall and realized he was afraid to climb down. So he asked the soldier on duty to get the flowers for him. And the soldier agreed on one very important condition, which was that they swap clothes because that soldier could not abandon his sentry post in a time of war, the punishment for which would be execution on the spot. And uh, the husband, dressed like the soldier, waited on the wall while the soldier, dressed like the husband, went to get the flowers. And meanwhile, unfortunately, the husband fell asleep. And that was the worst thing, worst mistake of his life, because while he was sleeping, the governor of the fort, the father of the bride, was walking along the wall and was enraged when he saw, or thought he saw, a soldier asleep on duty. And without warning, he pulled out his revolver and shot the man dead on the spot, not realizing he'd just shot the man who had married his daughter. And of course, the daughter heard the shot, she ran up to the wall and 
when she saw her father with a smoking gun and her husband dead on the ground, with a scream, those that heard it never forgot that scream. She ran to the edge of Charles Fort and threw herself down and died on the rocks below. And ever since, people began to see the, the mysterious ghost dressed in white calling out for her husband. Oh, my goodness. The legend was born. And the White Lady today, the story of the White Lady entertains tourists when they come to Kinsale. Hey, um, Barry, what was the impact of the Great Famine in the middle of the 1800s on Kinsale, and how did that shape the town? Yeah, good question. The, the, the famine had a, uh, there was kind of a division in, in most of Ireland, but especially in Kinsale, because the wealthy were living in the town, in Georgian homes, whereas the poor farming community outside the town walls were living in uh, windowless shacks. Uh, so when the potato crop failed, they were hit very, very badly and uh, appealed for help to the town. Unfortunately, with the London-centred uh, government at the time and the, the slow pace of bureaucracy, help came too late because uh, the English government at the time did not believe in famine aid. They believed that you had to work for your crust, literally. So you, you, you worked by ma- building roads and infrastructure and you'd be paid and then you could go to the soup kitchen and uh, buy something to keep your family uh, alive. But unfortunately... So when you say the, so you have the wealthy within the safety of the walls, and then you have the Catholic indigenous people. I always think of it in, in kind of modern terms. You think of indigenous people who are giving the colonial overlords trouble, you know. You have to keep them down. And even during the, the famine, I think they, were, they continued to export food to England. And I'm it was sure, just yeah, the, yeah. the peasants didn't have buying power. All they had buying power for was potatoes, and the potatoes didn't grow. But the export crops, they were doing fine, and people were still exporting to England telling the peasants just, you got to work harder to get your crust. Sure, Rick. And, you know, you know uh, so the government really didn't uh, respond well. But, you know, who stepped into the breach in Kinsale were the, the sisters, the Sisters of Mercy in the convent. They oh, became yeah. experts in feeding the local poor and uh, providing education and also nursing the sick from cholera. And oh, that meant goodness. when the famine passed, three of them went to Crimea and nursed side by side with Florence Nightingale, no less. Huh. So much history. So much history. Amazing history, yeah. Kinsale is a favorite seaside town for the Irish to enjoy as a weekend getaway, and it's just a quick drive south of Cork City. It's also become quite popular for a culinary and historic destination for visitors from abroad. Kinsale is Barry Maloney's hometown, and he's telling us on Travel with Rick Steves what makes it stand out among Ireland's many choices for delightful small towns. Barry tells tales on his walking tours of the town's colorful history, and he's collected them in his book called Kinsale. You'll find web links with this week's show at ricksteves.com slash radio. Barry, let's just wrap it up on Kinsale here. I'm just curious, what is Kinsale known for among the Irish? Because I know it's known as a, a, a great stop on the south coast for mm-hmm. the cuisine, for the tourist, but what do the rest of people of Ireland think about your hometown? Yeah, amongst the Irish, uh, Kinsale is known number one for its beauty. You know, it's really, really, I mean, when you stand in the town centre there, you've got this feeling you're kind of nestled in the palm of a protected hand with high ground all around you and the docksides and the shoreline and the yachts and the marina just there. So it's really, it's a, it's a photographer's dream to visit. And didn't Kinsale kind of capitalise on that? You guys won the Tidy Town competition. Yes, yeah, we have done. And it's, not, it's known also for its uh, activities, you know. There's something to do all year round. You know, in the winter, it's a, it's a surfer's paradise for windsurfing or kitesurfing or sailing. 
And uh, then in the spring, you know, the festivals kick off and you have uh, seafood chowder, cooking festivals and food nice. festivals and music. And it, it really, there's always something on because people from all over the world, historically, and even in modern times, settle here. You know, Barry, I've had some great meals in Kinsale, some great meals with you. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap up our conversation just by you taking me to one more meal in Kinsale. And we've been talking about how it's the self-proclaimed gourmet capital of Ireland. Describe our, our eating and drinking experience and where we'd have that meal. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's, uh, it's hard to pick out one of all the restaurants, but uh, I know there's a restaurant that you really loved your, on your last visit. It's called uh, Finn's Table. Oh, yeah. And they've reinvented themselves now because they now call themselves Finn's Farm Cut. So all their, all their produce comes from the family farm. So okay. They're now more, uh, a, lot, a lot focused on beef, but also seafood as well. And what would we be, what would you order for me? What would we eat? Oh, we'd probably start with a starter of uh, scallops. And uh, then main course, I'd have to, have to treat you and have to go for lobster, you know, because oh, uh, yeah. there's something really special about, you know, with this fresh salt air during the day, hiking around the town, hiking up to the fort and then capping it off with seafood and a pint of local stout, Murphy's. Okay, and you don't say Guinness. It's the Murphy's is the stout of the south coast of Ireland. That's it, yeah. Or, or, or a sip of Jameson, if you want, to try some yeah. uh, good good Catholic whiskey. Good Catholic whiskey. And then if I remember correctly, Barry, up on the wall, there's uh, big photographs of the fishermen who harvested these uh, beautiful um, fruit of the sea. Oh, sure, that's in, uh, that's in Fishy Fishy, your other uh, favorite ah. spot for lunch. And uh, yeah, three generations, no less. Ah, Son, father, and grandfather of the Hurley family, all supplying fresh seafood to the restaurants of Kinsale. Well, the historic and the tasty heritage of Kinsale survives. Barry Maloney, congratulations on your book, and, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Rick. Uh, wonderful to talk to you again. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. You can experience my favorite European people, places, and stories in my newest book, For the Love of Europe. Order your copy today at ricksteves.com.